This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is, Georgie, check for Dadsy. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. <whistles> only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery free in terms supply. See mcdonalds.com. Leicester City have a penalty kick in the sixth minute of injury time. Injury time. Injury time. Look out, takes. Almunia saves. Look out, follows in. Almunia saves again. And now Watford are on the counter attack. Forestieri. Oh, I don't believe this. Here's Hawk. Dini. I do not believe what I've just seen. Troy Dini has scored from a Leicester penalty that was saved by Almunia. Do not scratch your eyes. Do not scratch your eyes. Do not scratch your eyes. Hello, you're listening to the Do Not Scratch Your Eyes podcast. I'm Justin. No, I'm Cole. And I'm Peter. Yeah. You're live. It's nice you're to back. be back. Yeah. I'm here. I feel as if I've missed a lot. I've missed three games and, well, I didn't actually miss them. I was watching them sat at a beach bar with my feet in the sand, especially the middles were on. I was like, for fuck's sake, and there's all these people, there's all these people in the park going, is he okay? So, yeah, that was pretty shite, wasn't it? It's been shite since I've been gone, really. Uh, I don't know why I bothered to keep up with it. But there we go. That was That's gone and we've drawn with... Cardiff since I don't really know if it's worth going into the football seeing as we've torn it apart a little bit on the spaces I did enjoy the uh, the Sunderland space by the way I was an hour ahead in Ibiza my headphones in and I was just sat there in complete bliss going this is great so well done on that because that was that you were, was an hour, you were an hour ahead so basically you were hearing it an hour before we recorded it then there you go yes yes I think I knew what was going to happen amazing before amazing. technology it's brilliant. Yeah. yeah yeah so how are we how are we always it seems like it's been a very long time everybody everybody's okay yeah we're good. We're good. I've just got over my hangover from Cardiff, so oh. all is well. <laughs> oh, really? Was this this was a night out in in Cardiff? Then was it after you'd it called, was... you'd called them all rather rude names on the Twitter space, and then went out drinking with them? It, it seemed to me. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, that's pretty <laughs> much how it went. Well, I haven't I haven't had a, a proper go at the Welsh yet. I've, I've attacked the North, so I thought, well, let's head over to Wales and insult <laughs> them have... as much as possible. Right. Let's have a go at the principality. I did very much enjoy the fact that at the start, because my wife enjoys your vlog very much which i'm um, over the moon about so, I, I, I know fine. yeah I can deal yeah, with but, that. yeah but she likes bounty ice cream so what the fuck can you say no <laughs> taste and, and i said oh and here oh and wait for this bit expecting taylor to animatedly jump into the grass ah you <laughs> spotted it thank you and then midway through taylor does jump into the fucking hedge too brilliant <laughs> i love that 
paler, more jumping in bits I've, of grass and sticks and wood and small churches. Now that we find that out, I have had a, a full-on conversation about him. I said that it would be a good idea and a good feature for you to be jumping in random things on the way days. So there should be more of this, right. hopefully, going going forward. Can we get suggestions on social media as to what well, it, Taylor should jump it, into? It works for at the end of the day. We've got a dog oh, that predicts scores. So th- this is absolutely fine to be asking Taylor <laughs> to, to risk his life and safety to yeah. jump into stuff for our amusement. Absolutely. I think we probably need to discuss Ben Manga because there have been some reports that he's off or he's walking or he's been asked to walk. Now, I don't think he's made an enormous contribution from what I can tell during his time at Watford. What do we make of all this? This just seems a bit funny. It seems like, okay, there's an international break. Someone has to be fired. We can't sack the manager because... We, uh, we're just giving him an extended contract, so let's sack somebody else. That's how it would appear. What do we make of this whole thing? I, I completely agree with what you've just started there, Justin. I, think, I don't think he's really done a great deal since he's been at the club. There's not really much in way of players that he's brought through that we're aware of. I think the whole situation when he came in really depended on there being some finances available to probably bring players in, and, and that's never been the case. We've gone over countless times the situation that we are in financially and I just think it was doomed from the start for him do I agree with it I don't know I don't think I probably because what's he done what's he actually brought we look at those players that played on Saturday and we said at the beginning of the season after the transfer window that we're very threadbare and that there's not really a, a lot going on so I don't know I'm not too fussed about it I think I just think it's another like you said it's another sacking that they've got to do they must be printing calendars or something somewhere where people in different months that they get sacked there's got to be some sort of financial benefit for this because this is surely now another person that's going to be owed money if he's got a contract or whatever I'm only surmising but it just all seems a bit daft and a bit stupid to me bearing in mind people have debated long and hard as to what level of contract he, he, he had. Obviously, we bought him in from Eintracht Frankfurt. We wouldn't have been the only ones because his stock was extremely high. He bought in players like Bore and most notably Randall Colonuani, who's who played in the World Cup final. And he went and got players that I know that we had been in for previous years. So his stock was high. My big point here is he wouldn't have come cheap. Okay, the Bundesliga is run on a, a level of responsibility because you've got this 51% you know, fan ownership involved there. They don't just blurt the cash all over the place. But he was still in the top division of German football. They had just won the Europa League. He was doing well. He was part of a wider, bigger technical team. If you remember at the Q&A, we got told that this was an, a further enhancement, was building up the technical team. You tend to see far more, far more mature and robust technical teams on the continent technical team being a posh name for basically recruiting players and then and or helping the coaching staff and the technical side of the of the game and he came in on a five-year contract that means he's still got four years to go as was reported in the athletic earlier on again so that means it's going to cost a lot to get shot of him at the moment and we are already seeing that there are cost reductions in terms of the squad we haven't made signings presumably because of lack of funds so if you factor that in in the i haven't fully read Andrew's 
piece in the Watford Observer where he released an article about interviewing with Billich. But Billich does make reference to manga coming in, so we'll touch on that as well. But in, in Adam Leventhal's piece, he mentions the fact that the staff that came with him, the decisions haven't yet been made. Now, because we've also got Helena Costa, we've also got uh, the level, uh, the chap Tonelli, I think it's Raphael Tonelli, who, so he's got two direct assistants. And the suggestion was he also brought in eight scouts. Now, are they all going? Would they all go? What would happen? It, sorting all of this out might well be why we hear rumour was that as per an agreement on Monday, he's no longer there. He has been fired or released of his duties, shall we say. But it might be the cost or working out the finance or exactly what they're going to do with everything that they've got. They've made reference to the fact that these scouts worked in markets that the network, the Pozzo network, wasn't particularly strong in. So they've got to work out what that's going to do. But it's all going to cost a pretty penny. If we go back to the last accounts, one of the things we we talked about was the fact that the match day revenue, okay, i.e. all the monies earned by going through the going through the turnstiles and buying whatever it is you buy, chips and beer and your season ticket and your match day tickets as well, all of that was actually dwarfed by the severance payments, which primarily would have been to managers because we've gone through a few. This, I would suggest, would be probably in a not dissimilar order. I think you're going to have one or two of those on very good money. I've got no idea what Tonelli's on. I've got no idea what Costa is on. If you think what he's gone in on there, I I would have thought that the estimate that I've seen that a million pounds for that whole team wouldn't be be the, the thin end of the wedge. I think that's probably going to be in and around that. So that's a lot of money to try to sort out. That's before we even get on to the question, and this is where I reference Andrew's comment here about one of the things he said was everything was going along quite nicely. He speaks very well about Cristiano Giresa. Everything was going really well. We had the World Cup break and then they came back and suddenly you've got these three people that nobody knew who they were, why they were there or what was going on. And it kind of seemed to upset the equilibrium or the dynamic. And that seems to have been something that's been put in. But the the fundamental question comes and say, why was this done at a time when did we think we were going to get back to the premiership at that point? And therefore that Manga might be able to operate at the similar level that he was working at at Eintracht Frankfurt. And therefore with us being relegated, he's just gone second tier. I don't know about that. I don't know. Whatever the fact is, it's been it's not been a success. There's been discussion about he was hired in December and there was talk from around January that it wasn't the right move. There were concerns that quickly. At the tail end of last season, I was having conversations with people because we do try to find out what is going on, but it's always hard to sort the wheat from the chaff and we don't sit here and go, oh, I know this and I know that because we just you're just never quite sure. And that person's suggestion was the fact that they thought it would be a surprise if he saw the start of the season because at, the, at that particular point, it was the question of saying, well, he hasn't got the players that they'd expected him to go and bring in. Whether or not that was he got players and they weren't affordable because of the change of circumstances, i.e. we're not up in the premiership, we're having to reduce the, the cost, or whether or not they must have known that it was a realistic possibility. I don't think at any point last season did we look odds on to go up. Then basically they bought him in. Basically, it's not been what they've sold him on the tin. And now he's sitting there going, well, hmm. Don't know. Either way, it's a bad fit, and the best thing is for everybody to go there each way. The concern is going to be, whilst we are already in financial dire straits, how exactly that gets sorted out. Hmm. This comes down to another recruitment fuck up for me, though. Yeah, yep. it's just the same shite all the time. If it's not playing staff, it's managers, and if it's not managers now, it's even the bloody scouts. What next? The tea lady's going to get the boot because she 
uses PG tips instead of Yorkshire. It's just it's bonkers behind it, the scenes. There's there. one, of, there's one other thing to factor in. Sorry, I meant, I meant to talk about this. Was If you remember, about two weeks before Rob Edwards got given the shove, Cristiano Giretta was reported oh, yes. to have been... Uh, to have gone. Oh yeah. Yes. So yeah. so let's not pretend that this is absolutely signed, sealed, and, and delivered until we know it's done and it's done. From what we can tell, he's gone physically, metaphorically, and otherwise, and they're sorting out the rest of it. That's from what I can glean. But that has been the case before. A technical director was going, and they decided to come down the other way and release the manager. In this particular instance, they've one one of the things seems to the suggestions has been, but I haven't read this yet, so we'll get there. Is the fact that for certain Slavon Bilic rated Cristiano Giretta. He calls him professional. He says he was there. He talks about Gino Pozzo being in and around the club before the World Cup thing, but then he had an operation. If you remember, he was walking around in a cast for a while. I presume those two things are joined together. But suddenly it was Ben Manga who was going to be in and running things and therefore it was different. And that kind of does coincide with the reports that I'd heard back in and around then, which was that Ben was coming in and having almost like a watching brief to work out what was going to be going on. Now, somebody or what, what changes he was going to be making if he was going to be in charge of everything. However, it also said that when he was recruited, his roles and responsibilities weren't yet sorted, weren't yet agreed. It's so stupid. wouldn't it have been nice... Wouldn't it have been nice to have had an organisation chart? The biggest question that well, was asked at the Q&A, which we are still haranguing the club to get yeah. and have been told that it is in order and it will be coming at some point, but we have kept pressure on that to try and understand where it is. If this has been actually an hey, undercurrent for a little time, that might be why it's been delayed. They don't have one, Peter. Otherwise, they could show you it. They're, they're busy they trying don't. to draw one up. Well, no, that that was the answer in terms of the discussion that, that I had, or two discussions I've had, was that, yes, it has been drawn up, but, quote, unquote, there was a couple of pieces that still needed to be and it was like they probably asked somebody they're probably paying somebody £20,000 to draw it up but fleshed out how why would they know who's at the top and how that flows well they fucking don't what needs fleshing out you must have one surely of course but the point was okay fine we asked the question where's the roles and responsibilities where do the demarcation lines lie between Cristiano Giretta and Ben Manga and the answer is they fucking didn't they hadn't sorted it out they hadn't worked it out Clearly, because that was from from January. He's come in from in the December from January. If it's true that they were going, oh, I'm not too sure. They're not going to be going. I'm really not too sure. So here, have all of this delegation of responsibility because that's not what you do if you've got somebody who's not trusted or, or whatever it is. And I'm not saying that they're in the right here. Not at all. Why recruit the fucking bloke in the first place? Do your due diligence. Understand who you're bringing in. If you've got a technical director, why the fucking hell are you bringing in a second? Peter, it's like me buying a lawnmower. I don't have a lawn. I could buy one in case I need one. In, in 10 Just years. In case. Well, I might see one that's <laughs> currently very cheap and think, well, if I ever own a lawn, that might be a handy thing to have, but I ain't got a shed to put it in because I ain't got a garden. It's just fucking ah. stupid, if you ask me. I, I'm going to... No, it is. It's like going out and buying 12 radiators because you believe there may be a shortage soon. Absolutely. <laughs> yes, exactly that, exactly that. Well, before we move off at this subject, Alex King has asked, who'd make the better technical director? Peter, Justin, or Carlos? And he's put in brackets, <laughs> we are hiring. Fucking easy, isn't it? That's me, clearly. <laughs> is it? Oh, what are the roles and responsibilities? Which one are we? Are we Ben Manga or are we Gioretta? Are we putting cones out? <laughs> well, it's the club, no, we, we sure. 
I'm good, at, I'm good at getting sacked. I've done it loads of times, so I'll be fine. <laughs> Okay, all right. We're nominating you, Carlos. That's that. That's easy. That, that was easy. When, when, I, when I was at Aylesbury, I worked with a director of football, right? And it was somebody who wasn't sticking his nose into everything. He was somebody who would have the ear and the help. And if you had a problem, you could go to him because the chairman wouldn't always be there or the board weren't always available. So it was somebody who the management could always turn to because they'd be there on match days or they'd be there at the, the training sort of thing. And he would also look at the totality of the club. So this was a, a non-league. This was one below what – this would be the equivalent of the time of what is now the Conference North. And so he would look at the club and he wouldn't just look at the first team. He would also look at the reserves and the youth and the development sides as to how things come through. And I'm not entirely convinced we have – ever had that technical director seems to have been very heavy on recruitment rather than strategy i would suggest that we have had a complete absence of strategy if you look at the when i asked why bring him in the first place the only answer i can come up with is the pozzo network for the last few years has been fucking broken refer you to the equatorial second division statement by pete fincham box ticked right in terms of look everybody is out there and seeing everybody but it stopped we some players are coming to Udinese some wouldn't yes we might still bring in people at the Q&A Estupinian and but Yao Pedro were mentioned because they've then gone to Brighton who are seen as the, the great and the good etc fine get that completely but if that is still working why do you bring in Ben Manga you bring Ben Manga in because what you're trying to do is put a defibrillator to the heart of the actual whole player recruitment, player trading thing. It weren't working. We weren't bringing in fresh young players who would suddenly step up and work and play very well. We certainly couldn't do it on the budget that we've got. My honest belief is that Ben Manga was a roll of the dice to try to see if they could actually just find alchemy once more, turn base water into, you know, base material into gold and, and just go, oh, right, we've really got somebody. And if it comes down to one person, it ain't going to work because he's going to get recruited in the same way as the whole idea about this kind of, your manager will get recruited in the same way as people pointed out the fact that if we brought back in Elton to come and work or, or well, to come back and own the club, it's all on one person. That's a single point of failure. Yeah. But that's what I think it was. It wasn't working. It hasn't worked for some time. And that was what they were trying to do. I think the, the Elton question, I think, was answered by Pete Fincham. On, on, on the spaces the other day. Uh, if you haven't heard that, check that out. But uh, again, the man's nearly in his ninth decade. Yeah, Is he going to want to get involved in a football club again? I just It's silly, and it? It's, he's done it twice. There's no guarantee, even if he did take it over, he could do pull a miracle out and do it a third time. Let the man retire. Let him enjoy his retirement. Elton is not the answer, in my opinion. The next question uh, comes in from Simon Parkins. He says, how bad would a Geno action actually have to be for the phrase, be careful what you wish for to become redundant? Anyone want to take that? I think what he's saying is, <laughs> have we not reached the end of the line now with, with Gino, Or is, he, is there something else worse that he could do to our club where we can no longer use the well, phrase, be careful what you wish for? We, uh, look, I think if we were to be relegated this season, there's definitely a thing for change. I, I witnessed something Cardiff at the weekend where there was a decent-sized group singing anti now, songs. I want to pick you up on this because a lot of people yeah. have been saying on social media, particularly on our Twitter account, that, oh, mm -hmm. there was no such thing. I never heard it. I haven't heard it. That, that didn't happen. 
Tell us what you heard on this. So half time outside, they, they they open it up for the smokers. Not that I am, but strolled outside. Met a group of lads came to to speak to me, and on the far side of that car park, there was probably somebody asked me yesterday how many was there. Then I was like, well, I I didn't ask them to put their hands up and so that I could count them, but <laughs> an it, estimation would do. Yeah, any anywhere from 50, 75, something like that. Something around that sort of figure, but you know, singing "Get Out of Our Club," Pozzo, "Get Out of Our Club," and it got a it got a burst of a little bit like any other song that would, you know, the Luton songs and things like that. It got a burst of the majority of people that that were out there singing it. Now, I'm I've got no benefit in whatsoever by making this stuff up, and I know what I heard. And we've got people that were involved in that chant on the vlog coming on and saying they they want Gino out. So there does feel like a, a turn in the fan base again. There does feel like a little bit of infighting again. There was a guy that really took a dislike to me and Taylor. And I said to him, I said, well, what's, what have we done? What's your problem? Well, you're always, you're a podcast. You just say what the club tell you to say. Well, mate, I don't say anything. <laughs> fuck the you, fuck you, 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 I know, exactly. Fuck so you can imagine off. my response to that. Yes. But yeah, so it's like, get to fuck, basically. When you actually did get a chance to speak to him and the beer wasn't going for it, it was like, you're pushing this thing about Gino Pozzo and stuff like that. I said, I'm not pushing anything because I was talking about it to a couple of guys that were in that vicinity. And I, I said, I've got no vendetta. I said, but be honest, I agree with it. I do. I think we've come to the end of the line with Gino. I said that maybe six months ago. It's my opinion. I can have it. People will disagree and we, we'll go. We, we've been through that a, a, a million times. But there's definitely, for me, a change in the way it's going. And we've got a situation where you've got a group of a fan base that's all they've known is the Pozzos. All they've known is success. Yeah. And for the first time in their tenure as fans, they're experiencing what it's actually like to be a Watford fan. Us three sitting around here, we've seen it far worse. Yes. Yeah, far, like far, far, far worse. The third cycle of this but, now, isn't it? Really? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So it's slightly different for, for me and, and you guys and, 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 and a lot of Watford fans. But I think for, for the younger bunch that really do seem to be pushing now, this G, and I know there's others, don't get me wrong, I don't want to be ageist, but there's a there seems to be a group really forming. So what you're saying there, Carlos, is it's the yeah. young smoking demographic. <laughs> yes. that are really the no, no, they're not even smoking, Peter, because vaping. they're all on these, they're vaping now. Pot so out and the smell of strawberry smoke. Lovely. Yeah, I can picture it now. <laughs> I, can, I can picture it. What are your thoughts, Peter? Uh, how, how bad does it have to be, do you think? Well, I don't think football supporters' natural relationship with the owner is is happy bedfellows. You can point to the, the number of owners that, that we've liked literally on one finger, okay? Elton John. Sir Elton, and, yeah. and they... Elton's don't grow on trees, right? It was a, and, and I appreciate everybody bangs on and I'm, I'm as guilty as anybody else about banging on about the 80s or the 90s or what have you. There's always going to be a tension between what football supporters would like for their club and the reality of the financial situation, okay? The stark truth is that Gino Pozzo is the joint first or the second by a nudge, if you wish, best owner we have ever had, right? Bar none. Yeah, yeah. Totally. Right. Yeah. Before Elton, there was Jim Bonser. 
and there was a protest against him. There was Jack Petchy. There was a protest against him. Okay, we know Graham Simpson and yeah. Mark Ashton. Yeah. A very curious use of the word ring fence, which basically meant, sorry, we didn't ring fence it. We spent it on other shit, right? Which is why we didn't have a stand for why we had a, that poxy three-sided ground. Ironically sorted out by the potsos, we now have a four-sided ground. And yes, Uncle Ronnie is covered in black cladding. I don't know what else you cover a fucking ground in other than cladding, but he does like to point out the fact that it's covered in cladding and we shouldn't be happy about it. I don't know, Ron, what you've got against cladding. Is, That's, it, is uh, he worried it's going to catch fire? I've probably said cladding too much and it's now weird. Never mind. Anyway, <laughs> the, the point being is that he has done an awful lot of good. The question is, what about his legacy as an owner? And a lot of people have looked at it and gone, yeah, that that's where we now are. This is now the tipping point. It's thank you for all of that. But what now? And we've had two or three years of looking at this going, hold on, it's going up and it's going down. And we need to think about, well, if we did lose Gino or if Gino has an exit strategy and there are rumors and suggestions that there are a number of consortiums who are trying to purchase the club, but he is holding out for a fee because of whether or not it's because of the debt owed to him by the club, which may well outstrip the value of the club, i.e. it's like trying to sell your house with negative equity, but asking somebody else to clear your debt as well. Therefore, it's a hard thing to resolve, I should say. Uncle Ron pointed at Southend getting bought the other day because the guy was driving that into the ground and nobody wants to see that happen to any club at all and saying, look, new people can come along. I think the idiosyncrasies of what we've got here are slightly different. We've got somebody who negotiates like he's Daniel Levy on speed for both player contracts and also if he's going to be parting with a club, then that's the then that's the case. He's also, and people have used the word narcissist or what have you, but you can call him what you like. He's, he's a multimillionaire. He's been born into a family of multimillionaires. He's owned clubs. I said once that he'd been bought two clubs to play with and somebody said, oh, I think you're being unfair about that. And so I'm not going to say that, but it's not far off. It really isn't. He was he was in charge at Granada and the Spanish tax authorities are now after and investigating things about that, as well as obviously tracing money that goes through international networks, right? He then came across to Watford. Those are two clubs that he's had to be able to go and work with because of his historical connections within the within the Pozzo network. If anybody doesn't know it, the Pozzo started basically Gianpaolo Pozzo, Gino's dad, his grandfather. So Gino is the fourth generation, started off a tooling company and they sold it in 2008 to Bosch for real money. And since 2008, their sole business has been football. That's where they get the money. That's how they create the money. And they have been, they have done unprecedented things at Udinese, at Granada, and at Watford. And we've got to remember that. Problem is, we've seen what happened with the pandemic. We've seen what's also happened with the double whammy on the on relegation, not once, but twice. Go back to the financial bits that we talked about that or anything anybody else has said. The money ain't there now. You look at Udinese, they're in a similar level of debt. Now, there is some things to think about with the debt, as I've said before. One, how much is owed to the owner? Because the club the operational side of the club, Scott Duxbury, doesn't consider that as debt. He considers that as equity to the owner. The owner at the Q&A confirmed he is not going to take that out unless he sells the club. Well, of course he's not. Otherwise, the club goes pop and he's got nothing to sell. He's got nothing to operate. Okay, But at some point, that money is going to be taken out. And the only way it can happen is through a sale. So at some point, the Daniel Levy tough negotiation has to find a happy balance with somebody who is prepared to part with some money to buy the club. Who that is, I do not know. But my understanding was that 
out of the consortiums or the bidders or whoever they were, the hedge funds, all, all these people who now come in and buy clubs, that uh, uh, at least two of those were from America. Now, I know nothing more than that. You've got everything there. So we, we wait and see. Would that be good? Would that be a positive? Here we are today. We're looking, obviously, at Ben Manga. We're talking about the interview with, with Slavin Bilic that, that Andrew's done, which I think part two is going to be coming out soon as well. Today at Birmingham, just purchased by an American company, they have fired John Eustace because he's in sixth place yeah. because they want a no-fear policy. Yeah, Is that a be careful what you wish for kind mm. of situation? Well, it probably could be. I think that wording is always a, a consideration. Does it mean that what we would bring in would be better than what we've got? No. Does it mean it would be worse than what we've got? No. Would it be different? Yes. Do we know what that would be? No. That's the honest truth for everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, whether but- or not, black cladding or not, we don't know whether the future one will be better or not. That's the honest truth. Because yeah. nobody knows. Because Gino don't know. And if he don't know, fucking no one else does. But it just feels like his mojo or his interest is just waned. It, it feels as though he's just not really interested anymore. That's That might not be the case. But as a fan, you just think he's just not as on the ball as he was when he took over. It's all a little bit like, oh, I've played with this train set now. I'm a bit bored of it. I'm going to just take my eye off it and do something else. It just it doesn't feel as if he cares, I think. And I think a lot of that comes through the comms. I still think the comms are shit. But what? I still think they're dreadful. I don't think there's been any improvement on that at all. There's still no room reading going on that I can see. There was a little bit uh, at the beginning of the season where you thought, okay, right, they got the idea of it now. Now it's back to the siege mentality of just putting out positive stuff all the time and, oh, look, it's one, or look at this goal that's been scored. Yeah, but we lost. We did score a nice goal, but we lost in that game. Why are you showing us this? So there's a whole lot of things wrong at that club that just don't feel good. And all the good I think that he did in June by meeting the fans and being open and honest with the fans and the fans at the end of it thought, okay, great, okay, he's got another chance. I think he's on the thinnest device again now. I think he's just done nothing since the Parlacci thing for, for me to think, oh, okay, he's actually heard what we've had to say or he, he is going to change his ways or he is still interested in the club. It just, to me, it feels as that little bit as if he's not interested anymore. And we are now looking at very much at the bottom end of the championship. Not a nice place to be. And if we are going to be involved in a battle, a relegation battle, like I said on Saturday, I can't see any of those players up for a fight at all, any kind of battle, because they haven't done it so far. So we are in big trouble, in my opinion. And I think, am I pot so well? It possibly am now, actually. I've held off on all of that until now. That's the first time I've actually outed myself as a pot so out person. But I think I am. I think I've had enough, frankly. And no, I don't know the answer to who comes in and takes over. No, I don't know who else should. No one does. Peter would ask you that. Well, that would be the next <laughs> question, wouldn't it? <laughs> so who do you want then, Justin? Well, uh, yeah, yes, I've been I'm down this path that. before. That's why I'm heading it off I, now. <laughs> I asked you what footballer we'd want to sign at exactly. one point. Went, well, I don't know exactly. what you want, names? It's like, no, yeah. I want you to draw a graphic description of them using your thumb and a chart. It was like, look, it, there's two there's two things out of that I just want to cover off because a number of people have said, oh, well, of course, he, he, he pulled the wool over your eyes with the Q&A. No, he oh. didn't. He said he wasn't fucking changing. I'm really sorry, and I really wish everybody could actually have heard it genuinely. No, I know uh, he said that, but there was a it was almost like in the room a willingness to go, oh, well, we've seen the colour of your eyes now, we've seen the whites of your eyes, and we've seen you face to face, and we're not going through various portals and walls now. We're actually in the same room. So, so that's what I was trying to say. Not that he was going to go away and change. No, I'm not saying I'm that. Not, I'm, not, I'm not saying that you have suggested that, but I have seen suggestion 
that with this and, and it, it comes out, oh, crikey, once a week. And you go, oh, fine, fair enough, if you think that's fine. But at no point did everybody go, oh, well, we've been, we've had our tummies tickled. We sat there aghast, as he said, no, we just need to get the manager right. We've just got it wrong 20 times consecutively. Yeah. And you go, well, surely one is one is unfortunate, two is careless, and what what the fuck is 20? It's homicidal. But they said, no, this is it. And then they were so enthused over Val, and they've actually stuck with him, in fairness. The word so in far. fairness is doing a lot of heavy lifting in that sentence, I grant you. So th- th- there's that aspect. There is another thing that I think we have to factor into with Gino, is that this year has been the year when there has been the most protests, the most objection to what it is he is doing, because it's just slowly and there's been nothing to hold on to to reverse that kind of projection. Something else to consider, I mentioned that Udinese have got debt. You know what happens when you go out and it's really cold, right? Do you know what gets cold, first of all? Your feet and your hands. It's your extremities. Oh, because you the- said that because I was going to say something else. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> well, wearing- that, may still be, that may still be classed as an extremity He's for you, Carl. He's not wearing pants, that's the thing. <laughs> he doesn't the, wear pants. The point is... What happens in distress is that the blood basically contracts around the major organs. It it protects the core. When everything's going tits up, where do you think the money's going to go back to? It's going to go back to Udinese. It's yeah. going to go back to Udinese. Gian Paolo Pozzo, third generation from his grandfather who started off this firm, he was the one who bought Udinese. He is now in his, what, mid-80s? How long do we think it's going to be before the torch is passed across to Gino and his sister, who also has things that go on? Maybe that is the case. It would make no sense, and I've said this before, to sell the club if he thinks he can get it back into the Premier League, right? That's what I think he's holding on for. Can I get it back into the Premier League? Because if I can, it's worth pots and pots of cash. Not this year. In the and Premier so- League. Not, not this yeah, season. In the, he would have to sell it in the Premier League. That's where we yes, get absolutely. the money. Absolutely. The time to have sold the club was in May 2019. That was when he should have sold it. But of course, hindsight is twenty twenty for everybody. Instead, we got carried away. We turned around to the squad and said, no, you're not going to have those bonuses for getting to the, the FA Cup for no apparent reason other than, I don't know, greed, I would suggest possibly. They just didn't want to pay them. That, I can't think of any other reason because you've got the money from the cup run all the way through. We've been, we'd finished our highest in, in the premiership. I think we finished 11th, but at one point it looked like we might get seventh or something like that. But yep. it was a very good financial year. It was not the year to be doing that. And instead they tried to keep people and everything went tits up because suddenly you got players who had signed for Watford on the understanding they were a stepping stone club. And be honest, we are that. That's what we are. We look at players and, and go, oh, or if Charleston wants to go, then fucking let him. You go, yeah, fine. But growing up in Brazil, it's very doubtful that what he really wanted to do was play in West Watford. <laughs> Chances are he probably wanted to play on in the Champions League or what have you. You have to accept that we were doing that. And the problem was with that, it stopped the conveyor belt moving. It stopped the conveyor belt moving and you suddenly got players of really good quality who weren't going to go that extra yard. Suddenly, Kapu was, yeah, people could go into the injury injury treatment room because they weren't really rushing to get out. What's the point? Not mm. going to get that. Mm. Dukes wanted to go off. So we, we gave up a 50 million from a 50 million offer from, I think Paris it was Saint-Germain. 50 million euros from Paris Saint-Germain, exactly, which would have been an absolute amazing move for him at the time. Instead, we get 22 million from Everton. Like I say, hindsight is 2020. That was the time to do it. Experience is what you get immediately after you needed it in the first place. I think Gino would look at that now and go, if I could just get us back in, that would be the time to move it on. 
Mm. So the final part to this then really is a question from Jason Rose, which is the current predicament both us and Udinese are in concrete proof that the Pozzo model that served themselves so well for decades is dead. Dated. It's definitely dated, isn't it? I think Peter covered it off a, a bit ago. Everybody's doing what we were doing in, in terms of recruitment. They're, they're all doing it now, if not better in, in, in some instances. But there's no real... You've just said it, conveyor belt. There's no conveyor belt of players coming through. So yeah, what we had, when we look back to when they first came in, that season, I remember going down to Selhurst Park to face Crystal Palace and Vidra putting on a show. But there was players that you were like, who there? Heck in hell are this lot? All that pre-season, there was players everywhere. We had more players than Playerville, wherever that is. But it was just chaos. It was chaos. Yeah. I'd have a great metaphor from Carl. It was chaos, but it was good. It was exciting. It was different back then. And, you know, slowly but surely they dwindled them off and, and kept, you know, kept a steady hand of players there. But that's not there anymore. That we can't use the Loneford way of doing things in the championship anymore. The the FA saw so that we couldn't do it that way. So it, it's very different, I think. I don't think there is a plan B for the Pozzo model. That's the problem from my side. Well, look at the, in answer to, to the question, I think I've already said the the network, the scouting network appears to be broken. It doesn't seem to be identifying or bringing in the number, quantity or quality that it was once able to do. If it wasn't broken, why bring Manga in? That's the only reason I can see was that it was the fact that it was an acknowledgement that it wasn't working and we need to press we need, as I said, we need some kind of direct heart massage here to keep this fucker going, right? That's how I think it was. I think it was a roll of the dice. I think it was a Hail Mary call, whatever you like, and it didn't work. And they bought somebody in who is like a, not a fish out of water. He's been operating in Germany. He's been operating in, quote unquote, a number of markets where we do not have great coverage, according to Gino. That suggests that network wasn't working mm. because we were, oh, great, we can patch that up with some stuff. So that particular part, isn't isn't working very well. A number of clubs are going through financial difficulties. All of the money at the top of football is at the top of football. It's it, there's very little coming down as ever there has been. There's always a, di- a direct requirement to can we keep all the money at the top? Can we have a super a European Super League? Can the G14 or the G20 or however, however many other greedy money grabbing bastard clubs are at the top of it who just want to play each other in a midweek league and basically just count the cash? You know, it's not coming back down here. In order for this to operate and to operate well, we need to be able to compete and provide a stepping stone to the to to those G20 kind of clubs, those top clubs who are going to pay good dollar. For that, we need to have a top level showroom window, basically. And that's being in the Premier League. This is the irony. He can sell the club then, but that's actually where the model works as well. Where we are now, it doesn't. We know what happened previously, although actually it was under Gianpaolo rather than under Gino, I think, probably around the time. It was 2015, 2016 when the, when the transfer happened. We found out three months later on. They don't have that same stable of players anymore. It just doesn't seem to be there. So is it broken? Yes. Is it irrevocably broken? Who knows? Somebody else is going to come along and improve the way things are are being done. Brighton and Brentford are the mantras at this moment in time. A lot of people looking at Scandinavia as untapped resource. But again, even when you're doing that, you're going to be taking gambles. Look at Ryovich. Hi, I'm Leah Williamson, and you're listening to the Do Not Scratch Your Eyes podcast. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. 
At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. So let's go on to a, a, a slightly more jovial one here, and then maybe we can return to some football-y things. It's a food one. Who knew oh, we'd get yes. another food one? Huh? We always get food ones. And this one comes from Brian Edwards. It's a very short one. <laughs> curry or Chinese, which is best? Chinese. Peter. Curry. Yeah, well, curry Chinese Chinese. You're going back out and you're eating again twenty minutes later because it's <laughs> no, no. You order you order far too much and you leave it in the fridge for the next day. <laughs> no, 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 because it's all monosodium glutamate. Whereas whereas your curry fills you up. It doesn't though. Come later when you least <laughs> expect it, like radiator water, especially in my curry house. And we've spoken about that. Yeah, yeah we don't well, want to know anymore about your plumbing. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna reveal something now, which certainly family members know about me. I haven't eaten Chinese since the 30th of December 1983. And I sorry, knew you didn't like. I knew you didn't like Chinese. You told me you don't like Chinese before. Why the precise date? Because I was so violently ill on it, Peter. After I think I had food poisoning. Basically, I was nine, and I missed the whole of New Year, and I wasn't well again until the second week of January. It was so bad that even the smell of it now just turns my stomach. I have not eaten a spring roll or prawn ball or any of that stuff that I see other people eating for what is that now? Forty years. And I don't intend to start again soon. So curry for me is the answer. Uh, a good Indian meal I'm more than happy with. But yeah, no, Chinese. No, thank you. Even the smell of it, I find myself sort of welling up a little bit. Welling up? Yeah. Well, <laughs> it upset you. Yeah, it, it, it actually upsets me. It upsets me because <laughs> it just takes me back. And I've had other people saying, well, you must have been sick on whiskey or something. Yeah, I have. And I have gone back to that. Or you must have been sick on something. Yeah. I have. But nah, Chinese I, food. I have been caught out by rice from a Chinese before mm. many years ago, and that's that wasn't a good place to be. No, mm. not good. Have you just at a kind of a, a mental level then associated this to Chinese food? Because it doesn't sound like you were allergic to Chinese food. It sounds like you were allergic to some dodgy cooking uh, germ that was probably in that. Yeah. But what about Thai? What about Thai food? I'm not like that keen on Thai either. I have had it, and I'm, I'm, I don't know. It all tastes of fish to me. I've just ordered the chicken. Why does it taste of fish? This is a bizarre sort of. I find it a bit soupy. Most mm. of the dishes are a bit soupy. Yeah, I'm That's not a fan. Any, anything kind of <laughs> East of India, I, I, I was suspicion. I quite like Japanese food. I'm all right with stuff like sushi and stuff like that. But, but so raw fish, you're absolutely fine with. But the that's, that's anything Southeast Asia, excluding Japan, you're yeah. a bit. <laughs> that's where we're. I've not tried Cambodian. To be fair, I've not had. <laughs> I've not had pho. The Cambodian restaurant. Yeah, no, I, I know that pho's quite in, isn't it? I think. But yeah. I will say this: the Hongying in Pinna Bridge Street is no longer there. Uh, that might be because it was forty years ago, rather than any uh, any. Food oh no! Place. This is dreadful news. This means we can never go down to Wong Keys in Wardour Street. No, we well, can. You, have, have never heard of Wong Keys. If you anybody who is in 
in, I don't know, near Leicester Square. Wardour Street, off at one end, I think it's about number 20 or something. It's wonky's, and there's about four different floors, and it's famous. Loads of Chinese people eat there because the food is good, but they are famously rude to you, and it's all part of the experience, right? They go, you say, table for three, and they go, there, right? Oh, okay, fine. It's just, everything is staccato. And you sit there, and they say... Right, uh, can, can we get some drinks? And they say, yeah, what do you want? And you go, well, what have you got? And they go, wine, beer, Coke. Right? It, it's, it's, like they, have a beer there. it's like they've only got so many words that they're able to say and they're doing it. And it's like, yeah, I have seen people physically moved tables during their meal so that because they've gone, oh, well, there's four places there if we move this three over there. And they go, well, no, no, you come get, 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 your, get your... And they physically move people. Phil Jupiter's was famously moved floors and he said he was falling over <laughs> on the floor and on the stairs laughing because they were just being so violently rude. It's a great experience go to it one key is wardour street there you are well, you, you you boys enjoy that i'll i'll have the chicken and chips <laughs> from the menu what, just- what is the one food item that the aroma or the taste just is a no oh, i can give you uh, celery celery I, I don't like the texture i don't it's awful awful stuff that needs that should be banned immediately do you know it is it's like it's like some kind of scientist went, look, half vegetable, half fucking violin. It's like, oh, why, yeah. why would you tell something? Yeah, but celery, I believe, is the only calorie negative food. By eating celery, you're actually... There's a reason, because it tastes like shit. <laughs> no, I think you're, there's also Chinese, because if you eat that, it just vacates everything that you've got in you. That's fine. It's <laughs> it definitely yeah, did that's me. calorie negative. There's nothing well, cooked-wise that bothers me, I don't think. I'm trying to... No. Brussels sprouts. Oh, Brussels sprouts. Sprouts. No. I'm not a big fan of fish, the smell of fish being cooked. Mm. But I like fish, mm. so I can't be in the room while it's being cooked. So you don't cook a lot of fish yourself? You're not Rick Stein, are you? No. No, no. see, I'd never eat at Rick Stein's restaurant because it smells of fish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Allegedly. Allegedly. You would know that. you'd never been there. because. <laughs> Other things I don't eat eggs and beans for sure, but eggs and beans. Yeah, you don't so, eat eggs and beans. Nah, so I'm one of those annoying bastards at the. Uh, you know, when you go to a fry up at a cat, Weatherspoons. No, no, I have you, re- to, you replace everything. Don't yeah, you? I can't order on the app at Weatherspoons. I have to go to the. Whoopi. I know he was introduced to the Weatherspoons app, and I looked at it as if a primeval man had just been discovering fire, right? And Justin and Ian Bacon, who was with us, just laughed at me openly, and then I went, "All oh, right, okay, well, oh wow, look, okay, look, isn't this great? I'm really liking." This. this is very clever you order things and things get delivered to your door and Justin, yeah. having ridiculed me for my <laughs> losing my virginity when it came to the weather spoons app then gets up and goes to the bar because he doesn't like eggs and i don't like beans <laughs> that's what happens yeah that's, that's it's what special. happens different horses for courses there is a comment here from uh gary at vinyl music one this is another food related <laughs> no, he says, did you see him at the women's game then or something, Harry, Peter? Gary joined me for the women's game yesterday um, and we had a lot of fun. It was great fun. And I did. I had not eaten. I desperately needed something. So I ventured towards Burger Van. Gary said, is this, is this the one that, 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 that Justin keeps banging on about? Yes, yes absolutely. <laughs> is this, so he came over <laughs> and I showed him the burger sauce <laughs> bottle. because for anybody- oh, it, perplexed, it perplexed him, didn't it? <laughs> why, 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 leave the, why leave the plastic bit on the top when you're trying to put your sauce on? And you go, oh, well, I'll, it do, right. I'll do it, it shall right. I? Yeah. Exactly. I did do it twice. He's put. I love the idea that people might have come here thinking, the boys are going to be discussing Ben Ben Manga. This is going to be serious, weighty (laughs) stuff. And now we're getting onto the silver bit of paper under the lid on the bottle of the burger sauce at the women's burger van. Hey, listen, other... Welcome to your eyes, everybody. (laughs) Gary says, he says, 
I can confirm that after Justin bleated on and on about how furious he was that the burger van at Grosvenor Vale left that bit of plastic on under the lid of the burger sauce, they've taken on board his feedback and corrected the issue. Allegedly, someone got the sack. Now, I don't believe that for a minute. I don't think that's what's happened. But yeah, it's nice to know that these things get remembered because until you reminded me of that, Gary, that's something that happened in December and I'd totally forgotten all about it. This is this is clever now because this is a combination of both the the football and the uh, off field goings on and food Ooh. and it's it's well it's been sent in by Mikey Abrahams he says first of all Costa order see what you've done there Mikey uh, very good. yeah for me just a black coffee mate I haven't got time for all this fucking about with syrups and bloody milks and oh half this and just a black coffee please black coffee thank you very much that's my Costa order any advances on a black coffee here I, I like a cappuccino you like a cappuccino like yeah a bit of frothy milk bit yeah. of chocolate on the top yeah that, that's me good Peter yeah a latte it's like a cappuccino only with the air taken out so you can actually have <laughs> Coffee. I don't know if you're aware, but air is it's all around us. <laughs> you don't have to have that. It's free as well. Artificially insert not in a fucking cappuccino, it's not. This this brings us back to chocolate where we were on about arrows. Ooh. <laughs> Did uh, I miss this one? Yeah, no, it's true. You you do yeah. buy an arrow, and half of it is it's in the name. Yeah. Oh, you're right. Yes. Yeah. 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 And then there's those those other ones that are like arrows. Is it a twirl or something? They're, they're and flakes. Flakes. What a con they are. No. Are you thinking of whispers? Whispers. Are you thinking oh, that's it. Whispers. There you whispers. go. Whispers. Yeah. yeah. Now this, this has just reminded me. I had a food incident at the Middlesbrough game. Oh, good. Bring it back to so football. Well done, Cole. Because I had a bit of a problem at the Middlesbrough game. With with a food order, and I forget how much these chips were, but I'm gonna I'm gonna say they're about nine pound chips. So they yes yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> inside masala the ground masala chips masala chips is this inside the ground or somewhere else inside inside the ground inside the ground masala chips yeah, masala nine pounds which I was very excited nine pounds hang on I wasn't you excited were, about that you were that excited about masala chips you were going to spend nine quid on them I was starving and mm. I thought masala chips seems like a good plan the nine pound wasn't. Had the masala chip, and then I had the incident. Oh, it which hopefully will appear shortly. Is the incident yeah. something that happened on the concourse or some hours later? Yes. No, oh, on the well, concourse. Both. Oh God. Both. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, now I'm intrigued. <laughs> now, now I need to know the details. So, come to get masala chips and curry sauce. If you like your chips cold and your masala sauce nearly frozen, this is the place for you. Got to be done. There you go. Oh, dear. Did you yeah. not ask them to run it into the microwave or something afterwards? I, well, I'd say, I politely asked for my money back. Did you get it? <laughs> was it was, was it, polite. It was accepted. I had, to get, I had to get unpolite to get my money back. Oh, did you? <laughs> did you? Where did you get this from? Was this under the Upper Graham Taylor? Upper, upper Graham Taylor, where, which has now become this food court. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I have to offer balance, therefore. Yes, this. please do. Because please. that used to be a chicken place. And every time you get there, the bloke would be cutting out the chicken. And he'd, he'd say, don't worry, it's not bloody. It's just the colouring. And you go, <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I, I, yeah. It, I'm it, not so oh, sure. Don't get me wrong. It was okay. It was nice. And these the new guys there, uh, it's kind of Bengali, they also offer masala chips and you can get like chicken tikka stuff with mint yeah. and that's been very good i have to say i have to say it's that's been very good. on the far end towards the rookery which i think is where the 
old chicken place has moved to. Ah, oh, right. Okay, well, so I'm it's, still, it's still there because I was going to give that a whirl because I thought, well, what's better than cold frozen chips? Cold chicken. Bloody chicken. Next, yeah, that's what Yeah, it would be the next thing to, to try. <laughs> yes. Well, I'm, I'm definitely trying not to purchase stuff in the ground. One, because it's just so dreadfully expensive. But secondly, because as people have said, at what point do you turn around and keep throwing money at and I, and I, I accept that they that some of these are guys of concessions who've already bought them they may be individual and private but people have been saying well let's limit the amount that, that we put into uh it, into gino does that help overall god knows who knows but uh so when you do see me uh eating i'm i'm being a colossal hypocrite per normal well the, the next part of mikey's question was manga of choice now i think he's referring to japanese animation there i know, what i know about japanese animation i could write down on the back of a matchbox does anybody have a favorite manga film we move on mm. favorite <laughs> appreciate that thank you fa- fa- favorite butterfly is his next question i'm going to say a cabbage white or a red admiral because i don't know any others red admiral red admiral it's got to be a red admiral there you go i don't know any do you know all the blue ones on Mrs. Yeah, Yuretta? The blue, one, the blue ones that cover Mrs. Yuretta, yeah. I like those ones. <laughs> that cover her butterfly, yeah. If a train leaves Watford Junction at 9am... flapping wings, those butterflies. <laughs> if a train leaves Watford Junction at 9am heading for Crewe, which is around 160 miles away, travelling at 80 miles an hour, roughly how many ex-Watford managers are sitting in a third carriage? That's one of those... <laughs> Philosophical questions. <laughs> exactly. It's a great question. It's a good question, That's isn't super. it? Let's have one more question because I'm a bit conscious of time here. This comes from Gary Janaway, who I used to be a ball boy with back in the day, yes. Mr. Janaway. And, and who was an excellent Neil Cox clothing thief, if I recall. He was. It was either him or his brother it was. Lee. It was. I can't well remember. Done. It was either him or Lee. Well done, the Janaways. Do let us know if you managed to successfully steal any more Warford clothing. It's brilliant. <laughs> I love that. It's also one of those guys that when I was a ball boy, you know, those things I have around the pitch, the microphones that look like sort of old English sheepdogs. They point yeah. them at the pitch. You know what I'm on about, right? Yeah. I know what you're on about. Those Sorry, shaggy microphones, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Microphone with a windshield. Yes, it's like, yeah. yes, you're right. You're yeah, right. I remember him whistling into one and then patting it hard and seeing a bloke ripping his headphones off 50 yards away going, fuck it out. That was another one of either Lee or Gary's jokes. I don't know which. Anyway, Gary says, how about how bad Hoot is worse than Joe McLaughlin, Keith Dublin and Mark Morris all standing on one leg? So I don't think he's a big fan of Hoot. Hoot. Oh, well, that all depends on which leg they're standing on because McLaughlin was right-footed. Dublin was, well, no-footed most of the time, but right-footed. And who was the other one? Oh, Morris. Mark Morris, yeah, who I vaguely remember. Back I, in the day. Mark Mor- I thought in the end Mark Morris won the Watford crowd over. He was probably one of the few. I know he wasn't with us for very long because Bassett whipped him up to Sheffield United, but he en- he wasn't ending up being too bad. And it, again, it depends what leg he's standing on because if they're all standing on their right leg, then Hoot has them all ends up. If he's standing on his left leg, then Hoot's fucked, basically. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm not sure about Hoot, I've got to say. I'm really not sure about Hoot. I, I, I think he... I seem to remember when we were talking about him in our January podcast. Where, did, where was it? He, he came from where? He'd played in this country Andalus. before, but he'd played in this country before, right? Southampton. Southampton. That was right. Southampton brought him in from Lazio. He went back on loan to Lazio because he didn't quite work in the Premier League. And then he went to Andalex and was played under Vincent Company. And there is a wonderful video of Vincent Company basically calling him and the rest of the Andalex team out on, the, yeah. on these kind of video yeah. pieces. I remember seeing that. Yeah. There is one more, which is I think is a bit unkind, but I'll say it. Who says, which of the current first team make it into the worst Watford 11 of all time? Ooh. 
tough one, is isn't it? Unkind? Is it unkind though? I don't know if it's unkind. None of them it's, do. Yeah, not is no. the honest truth. Not currently. Yeah, I think we've got. They are, we've seen. They are. They are underperforming. And we have for, for a long time, but the malaise is not just at the players. And I think what we have to say is about the players, it's none of their fault that they've been recruited to Watford. The problem has been is that the pieces that thread between them, the teamwork, the ethic isn't good enough. And they individually aren't good enough for the level that we are at. To say the worst ever in Watford ignores the fact that before Graham Taylor, we were spent so long in the bottom two divisions and that that was chronic. But I appreciate that the question was asked with a bit more levity than that. So if I was to look at a player who I think needs it has dropped below his own levels and standards... So I think it's got to be at the moment. I think Loser is far less than the sum of his own individual parts. One of the things that we're doing is asking for the scores from people, four mm. out of ten, mm. um, in terms of terms we're looking at. And I'm doing something on the back of that. I'm compiling all of these into a spreadsheet, needless to say, just to annoy you two. Let me know when that podcast is. I'll find, I'm sure I'll be washing my beard or something. <laughs> <laughs> I think when we are performing badly, the... People will look at it and will go, we've just lost three games and we are asking the question. The scores are going to be feeling most towards the last three games. When you're asking about over the season, some people, Silverman especially, has gone, start the season this, over now this, average somewhere in the middle, and they're giving the full question the weight. People tend to reply in different ways. Sorry, I used to work for 10 years in psychometric testing, and there is a thing called response theory, which is the fact that you, me, or Justin, Carl, could answer the same question and think the same thing, but we will answer it differently. You know those kind of scores where it says something like, do you do this? One, never. Five, yeah. always. Yeah. In between. There are lots of people who will always argue two and four because they'll say, I ne- I can't say never and I can't say always. Yeah. So I'll refuse to answer that. And other people will see it as extremes. People will answer in their own p- personal, individual ways and it will be affected by circumstances at the moment. Right. Well, is there any other business, gentlemen, before we let these lovely listeners go about their their daily grind or, or are we done for this evening are we are we happy i think we've covered food there's been a tiny bit of football <laughs> oh it's worth saying i think at this point thank you so much to everyone that has voted for us in the upcoming awards i think yeah. that's important to say we we don't believe we're gonna win but we're still gonna go up there and and take the piss as much as humanly possible as we do so we look forward to that i think it's nice that a couple of other podcasts have asked to sit on our table so was yeah it, was it, was well, we are we're, we're nice people well, we, we're nice people i'm the good looking one of the bunch peter's just the stop this brains now. of the outfit just stop it now just just stop this Justin's analogy the bronze, the bronze god <laughs> just, just yeah you are just stop this analogy immediately because it's only going to end badly <laughs> yeah no absolutely right that, that is a, a very nice thing to have happened there is a, a really good uh, episode uh, of our podcast that we released today that is actually pinned in spotify now which is like a, a greatest hits if you like or yeah some clips which when you sent that across yeah when you sent that across i i got to ibiza airport uh what i thought was a reasonable time to drop my bag and get about my business but because there's only two desks there uh, no, 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 it's not a euphemism, no. Because there's only two desks there, they were busy checking in another flight and they didn't want to see me for an hour, which I thought was a bit unkind. So I had to kill an hour and as if by magic, this thing pops through on my WhatsApp and I think, oh, I'll have a listen to that. And for 20 minutes, I was laughing my bollocks off at some of the stuff that was in there. That George Kirby question will never not be funny. 
That Roy Hodgson impression will never not be funny. Um, impression, it will never not be funny. <laughs> that will never not be funny. Good. And there was various other bits in there as well. You doing doggies with Jade Bradley at the end as well was just brilliant. So <laughs> if you haven't heard that, it's pinned in our Spotify. It's to do with the international break, isn't it, the title, Peter? Yes. Yes, it's, I can't remember. Oh, be, because we're already bored. <laughs> let's face it, we're going to be doing some shit over the next couple of weeks, most likely, because, yeah, you know, there's, there's nothing. There's not going to be much to moan at. No, exactly. So if you want to just spend 20 minutes listening back through some of the things that have certainly made me laugh, there we are. Unless we have anything else. Well, there was one question in there, which was, can we just calm the fuck down? And I think it's only fair to say that a lot of people, and we go back to the conversation that you had on Saturday, Carlos, a lot of people aren't on social media or aren't on Twitter. or And it's important that we recognise that there are a lot of people who don't necessarily agree. And I appreciate... You know, this last six, seven months, there's been a couple of occasions when we've been accused of one having an agenda, which we still haven't sorted out what that is. We really need to get that done and dusted. What it is. Once I know, I'll let you know. Mm. And we've been accused on occasions of being basically being an echo chamber, which is called bearing in mind. We just say, look, everything you want to come in and say, please do. If you feel genuinely, and I'm talking to the guy who spoke to Carlos or, or anybody, if you feel at any point that it, it is negative, the spaces is your opportunity to come in and change it. It is absolutely in your hands to come in and change the dynamic of what is being said and or represent the other side. That's the whole idea of the the, the whole thing. Uh, we try to balance it out as much as we can, but not try and influence anybody else's position. The only thing we keep saying all the time, I keep saying all the time, is just don't be offended that somebody else thinks something slightly different. It really doesn't matter in the big hill of things. Football is vital, but it's not just the football. It's, as we've said before, it's whatever that football experience means to you, your relationship with your club, what that means to you. It doesn't mean that somebody else is right or somebody else is wrong. It's exactly like when we were talking about answers on on one to five. People will have a different way of doing that. People will have a different perspective on what they're doing. All we try to do, the only consistency in all of this hodgepodge of nonsense, is we always try and have a laugh no matter what. Because otherwise, well, is the alternative better? No, not necessarily. It doesn't mean you can't come on and have a moan. It doesn't mean you can't come on and say whatever you think. Because I do think that fans' opinions matter. I do think that fans should be able to say what they feel. And I think other people should be adult enough to deal with the fact that other people have other opinions Mm. and they might articulate them in a different way. Don't worry about it. Come on and say your piece. Those are sometimes the best calls when somebody comes on and says, well, this might be a bit contentious, but, and then they say something that you just go, Brilliant. Absolutely fantastic. It's your, it genuinely is. And especially the spaces. And also when we're asking questions like this, that's why I wanted to come back to Peter's comment, which was, can we all just calm the fuck down? Yeah. The most important thing of all is that we have a football club to support. And it doesn't matter to be quite frank, what fucking division it's in, Mm -hmm. right? It doesn't matter at all because it's the journey, not the destination. All of those Wimbledon supporters who quite rightly felt absolutely ripped off as franchise FC and MK Dons took it, took literally stole their club, still love the journey of the the Phoenix that came back up and, and got back into the same division as those guys and is, is now back at Plough Lane and all of that. It's the journey. It's not just the destination. Every time we do a Spaces, it is just catching that moment at that time and that reaction to normally that game or whatever's going on in the club at that particular point. But for a lot of people, they just like to go along and watch the game, enjoy the game, and then come back. Just chill. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. Nice. Time to let everybody go, I think, because it's been an hour and 20 minutes since we started recording this. And you're thinking, hang on, this podcast's only an hour long. You should have seen what we cut out. <laughs> Anyways... <laughs> <laughs> we are going to be back soon. Uh, we'll be doing some uh, some other nonsense uh, very soon. Don't worry about that. We do, uh, gentlemen, have to uh, go to an outfitters at some point to hire suits. Do that together because I think that's a vlog moment. <laughs> Only if no measurements are mentioned. <laughs> Sorry, would there be no measurements? Would you mean I, I would not get involved with your inner leg? What do you mean this you measurement starts with five? I'll leave the bigger tape measure. <laughs> <laughs> the last time I was measured was uh, for for my wedding suit, and the, the bloke told me what my waist size was, and I went, "Fuck off! I can get into something smaller than that." He goes, "Jeans?" I went, "Yeah." He goes, "They stretch." I was like, "I'm not hiring a suit from you." I did. So yeah, so we have got to do that. We've also got to work out where we're staying, I think, and travel and all the rest of it. And there's a lot to do. So all good fun. All good fun. Yeah, kind of. You should leave the hotel to me. I'll find a nice hostel. Yeah, I've seen films about that. I don't fancy that somehow. Uh, I've woken up in a bath. In <laughs> My kidneys have been harvested. What's going on? I did not come Your here for this. Your kidneys are not any good to man no, or beast. No, fucking they worthless, only, mate. They only just <laughs> support yours. Thanks very much for listening. We'll catch up with you soon. See you later. You ones. You ones. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around, you've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? <whistles> At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery free in terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.